Welcome to the realm of magic and mystery, classic horror and sci-fi. You are now entering the House of the Unusual podcast with your hosts, Eddie and Joe. Welcome all you cool ghouls and friendly fiends to the House of the Unusual podcast. I'm your host, Joe Pavlansky, and with me as always is the maestro of Middle Order Mysteries, Eddie Guevara. Tonight we have a packed house for everyone. Our guests are Chuck Caputo, Mason Plumley, and Mac Blackwood. Welcome, gentlemen, and thanks for joining us. All right. So we're going to. Hey, no problem. We're going to go around the room here and just uh, give a little introduction. So just introduce yourself. You know what you do, what your your interests are, and we'll move on from there. So Mac, we're going to go ahead and start with you. How's it going? Good, man. How are you? Good, good. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. So tell everyone a little bit about yourself. Uh, I'm uh, I'm the goalie for uh, New Jersey Devils. I'm from Canada, a uh, town called Thunder Bay, kind of in the middle of nowhere up there. Uh, uh, love to fish and uh, golf in, in the off-season and... Uh, we're uh, just uh, about a week or two away from starting the season here. Awesome. So that's that's got to be exciting, getting ready for it. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Uh, it's nice to get back to a little bit of a routine. Nice. Now, is the NHL, are they going to have fans this year, or is it kind of limited still? No, I think it's going to be a full go, like everything else. Yeah, so okay. trying to get back to normal a little bit. <laughs> Awesome, awesome. Well, nice meeting you, and welcome to the podcast. And uh, I'm going to turn it over to Mason. Mason, thanks for joining us, and would you tell everybody a little bit about yourself? Yeah, for sure. Mason Plumley. Um, in my ninth year in the NBA, I've, I'm with the Charlotte Hornets this season. Um, from Indiana, uh, played in a couple different markets, but um, yeah, same, same. Just getting ready for the season. We're about a week out. Uh, we start training camp next week and, and looking forward to having fans back. Awesome. So you guys are full go as well? Yep, yep. Awesome. Good deal. Good deal. Well, thanks for thanks for joining us, and uh, we'll definitely get in some good conversations here and kind of pick your brains on some, some pop culture stuff. And uh, before we get into that, Chuck, how's it going, brother, and welcome back? All right. Pretty good, man. Thanks for having me. Hey, it's a pleasure to meet you guys, Mac and Mason. And, yeah, I do – I do professional magic shows. It's been about 38 years. And one thing you do not know is I am a golfer as well, uh, just like Mac, but I am not a very good one. I try my best, <laughs> but I always, I always uh, cut to the, cut to the slice to the right. I don't know why, but it's a, uh, but it's a fun game and it's, it keeps you in shape. I think the closest I get to golf is, is, is putt putt. <laughs> That's about it. <laughs> I'll still rock some putt putt, man. <laughs> Cool. You guys know something interesting. Alice Cooper, when I met him, it was funny. He's a golfer too. Oh He's yeah, a Alice good Cooper's golfer. a big golfer. <laughs> Eddie, man, what's what's new at House of the Unusual? How's the uh, the Magic lineup coming? The Magic line is pretty good, David. Uh, I mean, David, listen to that. I'm, I got more names in my head, Joe. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually I've been working on on a lot of them, and upcoming uh, pretty soon we'll be introducing uh, a couple of new products and. Uh, one of them is actually fashion after Mr. Mason Plumley. Uh, Mason called me a couple of years ago, and he said he had come across some. Um, you know what, uh, Mason? Tell me, tell them the story when you came across the guy selling jars. 
<laughs> I saw an article online that people were selling ghosts in a jar. And I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> so I, I called Eddie and I said, hey, man, you need to you need to be selling your ghosts, too. And, and uh, we, we just laughed about it at the time. And, and then he brought the idea up more recently. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, that well, sounds like something Eddie would sell. A, an empty jar and tell everyone there's a ghost in it. You know, <laughs> hey, buy it for me. hundred dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know that there's they've been actually pretty pretty advanced. In fact, um, when Mason told me that idea, I around with it. The only problem Mason is that not being a magician from trade, just a collector of novelties. Um, I had the idea for the Mason stone, and I think if you remember, I showed you some early uh, designs for what I wanted to run, and then I came up with the idea well, a Mason jar. And back in the 1970s. There was a little ghost that was called the Fun Stuff uh, Pet Ghost. And it came in a little uh, cardboard hat. And supposedly it would float between your fingers. And it was kind of like the squirmel, the little worm that goes all around your finger. I'm sure you heard of it. And the idea behind it did not really kind of come in as to how to po you know possibly to do that. The fact Mason jars and your name being Mason, I figured Mason's ghost would be fantastic. And then I, I came across Chuck here a few months ago, and I've been talking to him on the thing. And he's the one that can make the trick work. And we were talking about putting a little ghost in a jar. Uh, and, of course, it would be. And that's when uh, the idea came out, Mason. It was all courtesy of your call two and a half or whatever years ago. <laughs> well, that's great. That's awesome how, how things not together like that. Now, uh, Mason and Mac, are you guys, do you guys collect any uh, – Anything comic books, movies, any mail order novelties, anything like that? We'll start off with you, Mac. Uh, not not really, but uh, last year one of my teammates was getting into like trading cards, like sports cards and stuff like that. So I dabbled around in that a little bit. Oh, nice! I, that's how you know. That's actually how I started back in the the early eighties was with sports cards. I was I was huge into sports cards and. You know, just like anything else, they kind of flooded the market with everything and prices started to rise. And, you know, me and the old man, we kind of switched over to uh, comic books and all that. But he kind of stayed with more with the sports cards. And, you know, he, he still does collect a little bit, you know, here and there of sports cards. But I, I, I've i recently seen they, they're starting to make a, a, a huge surge and, and people are going crazy for them. Cards are selling, you know, for outrageous prices online, which is I mean, it's always good to see, you know, something in the collectible world, you know, being popular. But uh, Mason, how about you? Do you collect anything? Yeah, as, as a kid, I definitely did um, basketball cards. Um, thinking back, I, me and my brothers, we did Pogs for a little bit. Oh, I remember Pogs. Oh, I remember those. Those, those were great. I remember Pogs those. were awesome. Yeah. <laughs> You know, more recently, the only I, for a little bit there, I was I was really into the vinyl art toys. Um, you know, some of the the street artists you'd know that that come up with more affordable collectibles. Um, so you know, whether it's Cause, Hebrew Brantley, uh, Cool Rain Lee, some of the Metacom stuff, Kid Robot stuff like that. Awesome. The, uh, that when you're talking about, is there one of them called Astro Boy or something like that that goes with a couple? Yeah. Of Astro Boy is really popular, but I mean, there's a there's a ton of like, ver there's a ton of uh, Astro Boys out there. It, it really comes down to like who made it and and how many were made. So just like anything else, yeah, it, it's crazy the collectible world on all the stuff that's oh. that's hitting the market now. Uh, 
you know, you could go into any you know, local local store, Target, Walmart, or Barnes and Nobles, and there's every week there's some type of new wool figures coming out, and that vi- those vinyl figures are are becoming huge. I mean, Absolutely. they've got everything from you know the Japanese market all the way to the American market is just flooded with with different stuff, and a lot of the designs are really nice, you know, and the coloring's very nice, and the even the product itself is is very well made so it's good to see you know stuff like that coming out you know something for everybody and uh you know even myself uh, i I still collect some of those uh those pop vinyl figures funko pops yeah if i find like some horror stuff you know i'll buy those or some random ones i recently found the uh married with children set so (laughs) peggy and you know the rest of them (laughs) on there so if i find something unusual I'll, i'll grab uh something from one of those i'm looking at my desk right now i have a a, a bartman in his bartman costume from the simpsons so oh, if I yeah. find something unusual i'll i'll pick those up but even some of the more like ones that come in from japan and all that they go for crazy amounts of money man mm-hmm. you you know mason uh and 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 actually back uh a while a couple of months ago i got approached by a company they're basically russian and it's called um if i remember the Oh my God! What is the name of the website? Oh, Digital IO, I think it was, and it was partly financed by Steve Aoki, the uh, the famous uh, producer, and or the DJ. And they were coming upon me, and they saw that my collection, being you know from the 1960s and 70s, original novelties that were sold in comics and nowhere else, uh, they were asking me if I wanted to get into the non fungible token uh, stuff. And they were actually thinking about creating uh, tokens out of the rare, really rare, because I do have in my collection probably about four pieces that are probably the only one in the world. And they wanted to make it digital and then sell them. Um, it was kind of funny, Mason, that you brought that up. But uh, have you, have any of you guys, Mac or you, uh, got involved in any digital stuff? Do you guys get into that? Uh, I actually, go ahead. No, sir. I haven't, but I, no, you're good. I haven't got into it, but like a, a lot of my friends have started getting into those like digital cards. What is the thing the NBA just came out with? Like those like um, highlights you can buy or whatever. Like yeah, a couple top, people I know. NBA they, Top Shot, I think it's called. Yeah, like some people have been getting into those. Like that's as far as I know about like digital, digital collect. Now, Mac, but, does the, does the NHL are they doing any of those d- digital cards as well? Uh, no, we're behind the NBA. I think the NBA is a lot, a lot more advanced than we are with the collectibles <laughs> for sure. <laughs> now, is the now uh, Mason is the NBA the only ones doing those cards, or is the uh, baseball and football leagues as well? Um, I think I think everybody's um, getting into it in different ways. But I know I, I was actually talking to a guy who's doing it for the Formula One teams now. Um, I, you know, I, I don't super understand the NFT space, but I've certainly seen. You know, to me, what kind of validates is seeing some of these go to auction at like Christie's and Sotheby's, um, which to me is like, you know, it's not just the, I don't know, the the crypto kids trading them anymore. It's like going to legitimate auction houses. So some of that stuff is is really interesting. Yeah, it's I, it's a lot of that stuff's going for crazy amounts too. And I'm I'm with you. I don't fully understand how it works. I, I I've read a little bit into it, but it it uh it definitely seems interesting and yeah it's not just you know younger kids you know that are you know techno wizards getting into it it's a lot of you know legit collectors that are are starting to trade 
these items and sell them for you know tons of money so it's definitely opening up a different aspect of uh collecting now uh chuck i have a question for you now we're talking about the non-fungicals being that you're uh birdie collector of magic and everything do you do you know of anything in the, the magic world that's going over to these tokens or do you foresee anything like that happening but say like the inverti stuff or the houdini items you know what as of yet no i haven't heard anything about that at all but getting back to the getting back to the trade cards when i was a kid back in the late 60s early 70s i'm out here in pittsburgh and we have you know what we have uh, we have the pittsburgh steelers for the nfl uh, we have the Pittsburgh Penguins for the NHL, you know, uh, we, you know, so we have some great teams, but we do not have the, we do not have an NBA team for some reason. We do not have a basketball team. Oh, and we have the Pirates, the Pittsburgh Pirates. Now, when I was a kid, I used to collect a lot of the cards and probably one of the greatest baseball players of all time was Roberto Clemente. I mean, I actually saw this guy play live when I was about a six-year-old kid down at the old Forbes field here in Pittsburgh. My, you know, my dad would take me. And the guy, he was unbelievable. He was he was one of the best all round baseball players. I think you know. Uh, I mean, he was absolutely amazing. You know what? He was a very good man too. He passed away on a on a plane trip to his home country of uh, Puerto Rico. He was actually going to uh, bring some food, you know, to help feed the people out there. And his and his plane crashed. I think it was maybe nineteen seventy two or somewhere in that area. But yeah, uh, but Pittsburgh's pretty well known for their for their sports teams. Uh, you know what, uh, for Mason and Mac, both of you guys probably, when we said Inverti Magic, Inverti was a very famous guy back in the 60s. And what he did is in the magic world, he micronized uh, electric, electric. Basically, he made remote control and stuff so that they could stick into like really miniature, miniature stuff. And that's what he's known. And some of his tricks today go for several hundred dollars, even over a thousand dollars for a simple magic trick um, that's based with him. And, and, uh, Chuck here, the spokesman for Murphy Magic, which is a world distributor of magic and stuff, and he's the spokesperson on the uh, on the remake of the Murphy, I mean, and uh, um, Birdie Magic line. Mm-hmm. And recently, of course, uh, I had the praise God that I, that Mr. Chuck came into my world, and and he uh, we started our own product line under Chuck Caputo Magic, and. And that's how I, I want to introduce as well as the, uh, which Mason, I will be contacting you over the next couple to complete that product and launch it. Um, I also got to see that magician, you know, Foodie. Uh, we got to see him on, online. I had never really heard of him before, but uh, he, he seems to be around the area there. Um, and, you know, so what else can you bring to the table? No, hey, I got now. I got a a question for for Mac and Mason. Um, you know, you guys are, are probably a little bit younger than us. Now, did, did you guys grow up uh, going to any type of magic shows or anything like that? Was that is that stuff still around, or is it still popular? Uh, I used to watch magic on TV all the time. I mean, probably sounds like nothing special to you guys, like just like the Chris Angel, David Blaine. The uh, Penn and Teller stuff, <laughs> oh, yeah. all that kind of, yeah, just all those kind of things. Those are the kind of things I used to watch all the time. I, I love watching it, but uh, I never really learned how to do it myself or get into it in particular. But I definitely uh, am drawn to, to that kind of thing. Like I love uh, one of the magic shows or like watching them on TV for sure. 
Yeah, I'm I'm the same way. I never really got too into to magic until really I met Eddie and and Chucky. I would you know just watched it on TV, and I don't recall ever seeing anything live outside of you know our our local clown who came to birthday parties and did magic shows. <laughs> you know, but that was you know back in the the 80s and early 90s. Hey, I got a, I got a lot of clowns in my family, but they're not professional. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> me too. <laughs> hey, well, what about you, Mason? Have you ever been to any good magic shows? Or are you into watching any type of uh, magic performers? Yeah, I mean, I, I love when people um, just do it on a whim. I, I haven't been to any formal shows, but um, as Max said, like on TV, Chris Angel and David Blaine was like our generation, and, and we watched them all the time. But um, to me, like, I think it's the coolest thing when whenever uh, somebody does it over dinner at a restaurant or at a party and everybody just gathers around. Eddie was talking about the foodie magician who's a good friend who um, lives in New York. And every time we go out with him, he just he just amazes everybody. So, um, you know, stuff like that to me is is cool. Yeah, I I really like that that close up stuff, too, when it's it's not really you know, there's not a lot of pieces to it. It's just very simple, you know, magic. And I'm sure Chuck about that, you know, stuff deal with cards or, uh, you know, coins or little trinkets or stuff like that. But what do you think, Chuck? I mean, that, that, to me, that's some of the coolest, you know, magic yeah, you, form. yeah, you know, you know what close up magic is, the is, you know, is, uh, is uh, really, really fantastic because that, that shows your skill, you know what, because people are literally two feet in front of you. So if you can, if you do some great magic, under those conditions and with people surrounding you, then that shows you have you're you know uh, that you're pretty good at what you do. And you know what? I don't know if you guys have been following the uh, the uh, the uh, the TV program America's Got Talent, uh, yeah. but there's there's a quick change uh, girl on there. She's from France, and I'll tell you what that's that's another category in itself. But it is a cousin to magic, and she brought it to the next level. I mean, her her clothes, her clothing, they were changing uh, without any kind of uh, coverings at all. I mean, things would just fly out of the closet and just jump on her and her, and her outfit would would change. I mean, she was really amazing. And uh, I think she maybe placed third or fourth or something, unfortunately. But she was really, really talented. I don't know if you guys had a chance to see her or not, but she was probably the best quick change artist that I've that I've personally ever seen. No, I've, I don't think I've ever seen anything on on a quick change artist. That's actually, I think, the first time I've ever heard of it. What, uh, what exactly, you know, does tell Chuck? Yeah, you know what, like you know, uh, you know, like the girl would come out or the guy too. You know, like uh, they like they would come out dressed in a certain certain piece of clothing, but then they generally stand inside of like a almost like a hula hoop that has a cloth around it. And so the guy would raise up the cloth and hold it for maybe two seconds and then drop it. And then the girl's outfit would completely change. And then she would, she'd walk over to, uh, to like another, uh, almost like a hula hoop that had cloth sewn around it and he'd raise it up. It would change again. But this girl, like I said, used literally no covering. Now, I mean, Chuck, now my next outfit. question is, you know, since we're all guys here, is there any way that we could buy that hula hoop for her wife's or girlfriends? <laughs> yeah, that would be a nice uh, <laughs> That's a nice asset, you know, but uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, but that form of art goes back quite a while and it is a cousin to magic. Like I said, such as uh, ventriloquism, that's actually known as a cousin to magic, quick changes, you know, and, uh, but, but like I said, you know, if you guys have a chance, if you didn't see her, maybe you can Google it, you know, quick change artist uh, on 2021 AGT and you will be surprised. I mean, 
she was really talented and she, and she breathed the, you know, she, she put a whole new spin into the quick let, let me tell you something. I saw that and it was amazing. She literally actually did it like every five minutes and got a whole new dress on. I don't know how she did it. But yeah. I saw, um, hey, Mace, I, I was asking before, I don't know if you heard me when I said it, but uh, when you go with Footsie and stuff, do you guys, when you say he's amazing and stuff, I saw him on the TV, I think it was the Tonight Show or something that he was on, but is is that what you're talking about? Like he goes and he performs, so you go to his performance? Yeah, or... my, I mean, Mike, and also, sorry, I dropped, I, I went to go look up what a quick change artist was because I had never heard of it. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> um, yeah, so Foodie, I mean, he, I, I've never seen a, one of his performances, but just you know, if, if you just go out to eat with him, he might just start doing some tricks. And, and um, as you guys said, that close-up magic to me is is the most impressive, whether it's coins, cards, or just using er everyday objects that are that are right in front of you. I mean, that stuff just um, is always impressive to me. And um, I, I just, I enjoy the, like, I don't know if you call it casual magic or whatever, but it, it, doesn't, it doesn't seem premeditated. It's just in the flow of, what you're already doing you know uh the quick change magician that she's he's talking about that is something that you don't see often amazing but i'll tell you one thing though if you watch the one if you go to america got talent and you watch the one he's talking about this girl literally is walking in the thing they put a hula hoop they raise it up to her and they bring it down like you know we're talking about raise it up and bring it down and she's got a new dress on and she went through one through two i think she did it like 10 times and i'm like oh, are you kidding amazing. me it's amazing. It really is. I, yeah, that, that's that, that, that's crazy, and that's the first time I've ever heard of it. I'm gonna have to to check out her video and and take. Well, hey, with the house of the unusual, man. With the house of the unusual. yeah. Things, uh... <laughs> now, Chuck, how, how far back does that that type of magic go? Is that something relatively new, or does it go back pretty far? I think it's been around for quite some time, probably back to the 20s or 30s, but I don't think it was near as popular as it got in recent years. Uh, about 15 years ago on ADT, there was a uh, there was a husband-wife team, David and Danya, I believe they were called, and uh, they they really brought it up to this brought it up to the spotlight, and they became very popular. He unfortunately passed away. He was only about 54, 55. He passed away last January due to uh, COVID complications, you know. And um, but yeah, they were they were fantastic. They're they were they were a husband and wife team. So if you check out, if you search that on YouTube as well, uh, they were fantastic. You you know something? I think I know exactly what you're talking about. But I say one thing that has just come to my mind right now. I think that when you look at Houdini, one of the things that made Houdini very famous back in the day was the substitution trunk. Absolutely. That's when he got on top of a, of a trunk. Right. And then all of a sudden he would be inside and they would put it and then he would change. And the person that was on outside of the trunk would change with him. And usually it was best his wife that he did that with. Am That's, I correct, Chuck? Yes, you're, you're absolutely okay. correct. Uh, probably the fastest ones in recent history were, were the Pendragons, Charlotte and Jonathan Pendragon. If you search them, I actually saw them perform this live several times at different conventions. And they were just unreal. I mean, I mean, there was, I mean, uh, it, it was it, it, in a second, two seconds. It, it's crazy. A person gets locked into a trunk. They get chains around them. Then the, the trunk gets locked. The girl gets on top of the trunk, brings up a, some blanket up to her. And then all of a sudden she drops the blanket like instamatically and right. they change places. It, right. and that's what made Houdini very famous with that. And I think that's change uh, mag magic started originating from that idea. Absolutely. Now, 
you know what ideas also pop in my head? You know, Mason, we're talking all about the Mason ghosts and 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 Mac there's probably saying, what are you guys talking about the Mason? But you know what? The more I think about it, Mason, I think it's going to be my first NFT as well. If you think about it, it will be a great thing to launch the non-fungible token for that one product. Just take a picture of my empty jar. <laughs> now, now Mac, did you, you said you've never attended a magic show or anything? No, just on TV. Just on TV? And, okay. And the live stuff, like the casual stuff. Like we're the, just, uh, you know, we out, have, out and about. Yeah, the casual stuff. We have actually on our show, um, we've had him a couple of times and he called me tonight. His name is Mike Mesmer. He's a, he's all over television and he's all over the um, traveling the country. Uh, he's a hypnotist slash entertainer. And he, you know, he's been before Michael Jackson and all that. He's a phenomenal guy. And um, you might have seen him in a recent show that aired in, I think it was in the History Channel, as to what happened with the um, the couple. Um, Chuck, what's the name of that couple with the Lions? Sigfrieda oh, Freud. Yeah. And right. he, I think yeah, he yeah. came, the show was named... Um, I forgot the name of the show. My God, that is horrible. You start <laughs> uh, taking notes, Eddie. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna have to. But he, the, the show is based. We're on a secretary. Yeah, well, it's my head. My head is unusual as well today. <laughs> but um, he, he, you know, he's a phenomenal entertainer as well as as David Copperfield and stuff like that. Hey, but, I, I I got a question for you guys. Two two of my favorite movies are, and they may have no relevance to actual magic, but The Illusionist and The Prestige. Oh, I love The Illusionist particularly. That is such a good movie. Yeah, um, I feel like those are so good. What are some other great like mad? Not not so much documentaries, but like good. The magic Prestige, movies? man. The Prestige is number one, man. <laughs> great movie, man. I think they're both awesome. I just didn't know if there are any more out there that are in that. In that same category, there actually was there. There's actually an original movie that was based on magic back in the fifties by Vincent. Magician. Oh yeah, one the of Mad those favorite. That's one. Yeah. That's one of my favorite. I was just gonna say that because I'd never seen uh, the Illusionist or uh, what was the other one you said, Mac? Prestige. The Prestige. Yeah, I've, I've never seen it, but the Mad Magician, man. If you could find that, um, oh, I can't remember the exact year. That 1954. 54. Yeah, yeah, it is a fantastic movie with, with Vincent Price and some of the, the magic tricks and all that in there are just amazing. I mean, it, it's just, it's a great movie. I, I seen it first time a few years ago at a convention and fell in love with it, man. It's it, one of my favorite movies, favorite Vincent Price movies, hands down. But yeah, definitely check that out. That's a classic. It really is. But what's the, what's the illusionist and the prestige? Are the, those are newer films, I take it? Yeah. yeah. They're about eight years old, maybe somewhere around there. Uh, Mason, maybe about eight years old. Yeah. Seven. What is it? The Illusionist has Edward Norton and Jessica Biel, and then The Prestige has is it? Um, man, I want to say it's, Chris, uh, the guy who Christian played Batman. Bale. The guy who played yeah, Christian Bale. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in The Prestige, what Mason is talking about, Joe, uh, what happened is Christian Bale. Uh, develops this thing where he can appear and you know he like he makes magic i'm not going to tell you anything about the movie because i want you to watch it it's really good it's phenomenal it's one of the best films you probably watch and christian bale in my opinion is one of i mean he's a good actor i like him as an he's actor very good actor love him in batman but uh uh 
Jessica Biel is also <laughs> one of my top-notch actresses. I, I mean, I love her as well. Yeah. And um, I saw Jessica Biel in quite a few films. And The Illusionist is also... Now, one thing I'm going to tell you guys, and I'm sure Mason will bring this up, and I don't know, Mac, Mac, have you watched those films? I haven't. No, I'm looking them up right now. <laughs> okay, no, because good. At least somebody's with me on this. <laughs> no, no, but the thing is that you, you got to watch it and you got to pay attention. It's not a movie you can't just walk away and get a coffee or a soda because oh, yeah. it's it's Absolutely. very very in depth. But uh, it's a phenomenal film. Um, I like The Illusionist because obviously Jessica Biel is one of my favorite actresses. Uh, yeah. But I, but the pers- a little bit. Uh, and then there was another one, actually, Mason, there's another one that came out that they actually made a magic set based on the other thing. I don't know if it's The Illusionist. Oh, Wait, I, are you talking about with, like, the young kids where there is, like, yeah. five of them? I, yeah. I forget what it's called, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah, they made a magic set for that. So I know there's a third movie that came out. But you know what, guys? This, this is really what's interesting. There's a new show out there. I don't know if you guys heard of it. It's Penn and Teller. And it says, uh, can you trick me? I think it is the name, Chuck. Oh, I watched that. All, I watched yeah. all of those. Yeah. Full, full us. Yeah. <laughs> Penn and Teller, full us. That's a really cool one. I watched uh, every single one. <laughs> are those are those pretty good, Mac? Uh, I like them. Honestly, they're entertaining. And a lot of the people that go on there are pretty cool. You get some flops, but there's a yeah. lot of cool ones, too. Absolutely. I'm going to have to check that. I don't think I've ever seen that one, either. I think I think one of the coolest guys that went on that, sh- that show was... Uh, this guy by the name of, I think his name is Shin Lim or Shin oh, Lim. I don't know if I'm Shin Lim, right. you're right. You're right. Oh, he's, he's absolutely amazing. He's absolutely amazing. Like, I think he was probably one of the most amazing ones I've ever seen. Like, they they were like, how the heck are you doing that? <laughs> so you they know, actually uh, they actually fooled Penn and Teller then. Oh, yeah. He, he did his first trick and they're like, we didn't even know how you started off. <laughs> like, they're like, you're nuts. <laughs> You know, Mac, I'm going to tell you something. That guy, Xing Ling, I think he's taking after the famous, what was it, Japanese or Chinese magician, not Chuck? The one that got killed by the bullet. He was catching uh, the bullet. Got caught. Yeah, Xing um, Chin, Ling, Chin Ling Su, I believe. Yeah, Su was a very famous magician. I don't even think he was Japanese or, or Chinese. I think he just had the persona made. Right. But uh, the thing with him, he, he died from catching a bullet where it actually <laughs> he got killed with it. But um, I think Ching, that guy is kind of following in his steps. And that magician that you said, he's phenomenal. That he's guy amazing. is amazing. He's so smooth. I've never seen a magician as good as that kid. Yeah, he took he took magic to the next level, no doubt, no doubt. Wow, so that, that's kind of hard to believe, you know, uh, veteran magicians such as Penn and Teller. And you've got two of them there who are very intelligent and have – been in the magic world forever and you have some people that could actually stump them i guess you know that that's yeah. pretty amazing oh yeah you, you, you know to mac and mason both of you guys since you do like a little bit of magic i guess is, is your younger generation so obviously magic one of the the most sought after trick in magic or the one the one with the most history behind it and mystery history and mystery is the famous indian rope trick now, apparently, the Indian road trick was started in the 1920s, and no one's ever actually seen the trick <laughs> perform. And Penn and Teller have a special that they went down to India to see the legend of the trick, or, or if it even ever existed. But there's a very, a very good story behind that particular trick, because I think it was more like there was a, a showman, just like uh, 
we would say um, the guy from uh, Ringling Brothers Barnum, Barnum and Bailey Barnum, a showmanship like Barnum back in the day. And this guy actually started this whole rumor or legend and made it look like it had actually taken place. And the way the trick works is you have a, a guy there with one of those old-fashioned snake baskets, whatever, and he starts playing the flute, and then out comes a rope, goes up into the sky. Then his his assistant climbs the rope. He goes after the guy up in the sky with the rope, and then he cuts him in pieces. The guy falls, chunks the head, arms, hit the ground. Then he comes back down, and apparently he you know throws a blanket over him, and the kid is whole again. It's a phenomenal trick, but I don't think it's ever actually been performed in the way I told the way it's supposed to be. Um, Chuck, you want to bring some, uh, some, something to the light about that trick? Yeah, the actual effect doesn't exist. I mean, nobody, nobody has ever seen it actually, except in movies, you know, and that was, and that was with some camera, you know, tricks and so forth. Yeah. I mean, it's almost like a, it's almost like, you know, there's a lot of hype with it, but, but the effect really, really doesn't exist. But the guy who started the idea or the, actually who started the, the lie, actually, if you want to say became a legend because of that because to this day people all over the world magicians have tried to figure out what is the truth behind it the right. the indian rope trick but right. i'll tell you one thing man the pen and teller are phenomenal when it it comes to that and um i was actually hoping to one day meet pen and teller because i know they were going to be in one of the conventions i go to Mm-hmm. And ask him to be on the show. That would be phenomenal, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would be cool. You know Especially- what? Teller, Teller is the is is the real brains of the operation. I'm not. I, I mean, yeah, uh, 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 Teller. The the uh, he's the small one. He's he's a very 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 intelligent man. I'm not saying that the other one's not intelligent, but Teller is the brains of the operation. And uh, you know what? He's actually purchased a, a few of my tricks because uh, throughout throughout the years, I I marketed many many things and. Uh, you know what? I do have his. I do have his email, Eddie. So if you want to contact him, I could. I could. I would probably want to because I know it's so funny. He never talks. He does the talking for him, and right. they have worked many years over 20, 30 years that I even longer, I think, mm-hmm. and they're phenomenal. Yeah, they um, are. Uh, Mason, one question I got: Why don't we get your buddy Footsy to come on the show here and talk with some other magicians? Footy, we, we'll have to ask him. I think he'd be up for it. Yeah, footy. Let me tell you, I saw him with the Tonight Show. It wasn't the Tonight Show. I'm sorry. It was um, this blonde girl that she had the show every day with uh, uh, Kathy Lee and Regis and Kathy Lee. You know the the one that took over the show, Kelly Ripa, maybe. Oh yeah. Yeah, I think he he was with Kelly Ripa on her show, and he was doing mentalism. Is that what he specializes in? Yeah, he's done so many different tricks. I couldn't even tell you what he's. He specializes in food blogging, and then he compliments it with great magic. (laughs) That's interesting. (laughs) He's a a special dude. Can we make the foodie magician? Mac, what what is it you want to see in the show, man? What? Like what what, do you want to see in the show? Yeah, what type of magic you want to? Oh man, I'm not picky. <laughs> Honestly, anything, anything that's uh, that's kind of like unbelievable. I don't know, like anything that's like disappearing. I don't know what's it called when you uh, hide stuff in your hands and then make it appear somewhere else. Like, really, really interesting. You know what, Mac? When I see you again, I'm going to bring out one of the the magic tricks. You need to 
to learn them, man. I'm telling you, you will love oh, it. Oh man, I I'm so I'm so like uh, game for for learning a couple. I was gonna ask you. I was curious. How do you buy and sell magic tricks? Like, do you have rights to them, or like, how does that I work? Think, uh, all the magic tricks right now, I, I trademarked the name Chuck Caputo Magic for House of the Unusual. And the magic tricks that were coming, they're produced and manufactured by Chuck Caputo. I box them under House of the Unusual. Uh, we buy, I buy the parts, Chuck puts them together. Uh, it's all owned by us, all the rights for us. That here's the situation. When you start distributing magic that are already made, it's magic that anybody can buy in any magic shop. But when you bring original tricks that are different, it makes you stand out in the crowd. So Chuck is phenomenal at that. I told Chuck to do one trick for me. He came me back 16 within a week. So that tells you that you know, oh, wow. I mean, I, I to this day, I'm still trying to figure out how to design the first box. And it's already got 16 out. We're going to put out a magic set in September, the, the, the end of October. It's going to be a professional magic set. And it's going to have about, I think, about 14, 15 original magic tricks that are never never been seen. In other words, they're done by Chuck, designed by Chuck, built by Chuck. And it's obviously, we have our Joe on the cover. And I'll bring one to you. And uh, Mace, I'll probably send you one because I'm sure you, you will probably want to see it too. But the more important thing with Mason is when we when you see the trick we're going to develop, my man, you're going to be up and it, it's going to be, it's going to go right through the hoops with you, man. <laughs> hey, Mac, you, hey, Mac, you got to make us a promise. Now, when Eddie, when Eddie teaches you some of the magic tricks, you got to, you got to, once you get a little hang of it, you got to film it for us, man. Cause we want to oh, absolutely see, we want to see how, how good of a teacher Eddie is. <laughs> you, you, know, you see, we, there's a, there's a guy on my team right now who, who's pretty good with the side of hand and card tricks. So, I got to one-up him. Yeah, there you go. Absolutely. Eddie would be the one to teach you, too. Yeah. Hey, hey Mason, when you were with the uh, – what was the name of this guy? Was it Brooke? Brooke? Yeah. He was Brooke. a comic collector from the Nets. Yeah, Brooke Lopez. Yeah, you told him. And then I, I forgot to mention, get in touch with me, but I missed the call. And I got it like several months later, man. I yeah. go, oh, my gosh, because he must <laughs> – but uh, the thing with Brooke Lopez, he's just a comic book collector and stuff. Um, but the thing more important than anything, though, is what what, what I'm trying to do and I want to do is develop an entire unique the Chuck. Because the thing with Chuck is uh, you guys, if you guys look up Chuck Caputo and just on the Internet, you'll see that there's a lot of companies that he has licensed products to years in the making, you know. And like uh, the the good thing about any magic out there is that you know, you can get any any magic set that will have cup and base and stuff. But to learn magic, and when you start learning professional magic and you go to a party and stuff, the moment you do something crazy like that, it automatically gets the attention. It's it's really nice to pick up girls. In fact, I think Chuck picked up his wife that way. He played <laughs> a trick on her, and there he, he was, you know. He, and, he uh, hypnotized her, and then 40 right. years later, she's still hypnotized. <laughs> <laughs> but, hey, you, you know what? I tell you the thing that's amazing, guys. You know what? Most stage illusions are built for very small women, very short women. You know what I mean? You know, like, you know, uh, when, when I got married in 1992, it'll be 30 years for us we've, that we've been married. And uh, I, I owned a lot of the illusions. But then when I met my wife, she's like she's like five foot nine. Maybe I'm, I'm about five eleven. She's about five foot nine. And you know what? I couldn't I couldn't use any of them. So I actually had to sell them. 
you know, because like most of the boxes where you put the swords through and so forth, I had to zigzag where you pull her midsection sideways. She was like six inches too tall for it, man. So <laughs> yeah, so all, all that stuff was totally worthless. Absolutely worthless. Hey, and, uh, and Mac and uh, Mason, if you guys ever want to check out uh, some great magic on YouTube, look under, uh, check it's still under Sherry Caputo, right? Yes, that's correct. Yeah, and it's spelled C-H-E-R-I. Jerry Caputo on YouTube and Chuck got a lot of his uh, his videos on there and they're they're fairly short four to five minutes but they're absolutely fantastic and then House of the Unusual on YouTube we have uh, some of Chuck's videos as well but you could kind of get the gist of the magic he does some of the stuff that he uh, invented and the tricks are just phenomenal man so I, I definitely recommend checking it out and everybody else out there head over and check it out yeah do remember too that Chuck did in his home because of the pandemic you know we were there and he made a lot of the videos and stuff but when you start looking uh, one of the things chuck developed which was uh, chuck is also an electrician correct chuck and um he you tinker with a lot of stuff and you develop and design your own products and chuck had built what's called the gray leon miniature haunted house which was famous in the 1960s and there's actually none in existence today i mean you could see them but they're very hard to get they go for a few thousand when, you know, when they ever come out. But you don't really see any actual YouTube videos of anybody performing it. Uh, Chuck did perform it. And the way I met Chuck is I, I sold the plans on how to build the Grey Beyond Miniature Haunted House, which is a tabletop. Uh, it's kind of like a flea circus. Think of it. And back in the 50s, the flea circus were very famous where magicians would bring the flea circus. And you had the, you know, fleas traveling around, little cars and it was all like remote control stuff, and it, you know it was a good performance. The Great Leon Miniature Haunted House is a similar to, similarity to that. And Chuck contacted me um, where he was. I think he was at the hospital where his wife works at the time back uh, about a year ago. And he says, "Hey, Eddie, I actually performed that." He sends the link to me. The next thing I know is uh, as I'm talking to him, we became phenomenal friends, and I asked him to sell a lot of his apparatus that he had developed over the years. And I'm sure, you know, Mac, if you have never looked at it, or, or Mason, if you never read about it, there was a famous chess player that was developed in the 1700s. It's shown a lot on the History Channel. They wrote more books about this. They used to call it an automaton that played chess. And it was a Turkish horse. It was a, a made in front of a big desk. And I think he even played Napoleon at one time. And then in the 1700s, there was a fire. And the original one was, well, whatever. Chuck made a tabletop version of that famous chess player from the 1700s. And he sold me all that stuff. I have like five or six famous tricks that he's developed and built. And I'm actually going to probably in the next day or two film, uh, you know, some type of exhibition for Chuck Computer Magic or Chuck Computer's uh, line that he developed. But um those are some of the things that Chuck does. So the the thing I'm just saying, Chuck, that I'm talking on your behalf, actually, uh, <laughs> saying that, you know, yes. how much you've built over the years and, and how, you know, so not only have you made a living by traveling and doing shows all over the country, you also made a living because developing and licensing out your products to a lot of the companies. And yes. now Mur Murphy Magic has asked you to become their spokesman for uh, the Enverdi credit uh, magic line that's coming out. Of which each trick sells for about three hundred dollars, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. 
that's up more your, your alley, Mason and Mac, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah that inverted sure. magic's cool, man. But I, I'm, I'm very still partial to the horror magic. You know, that's that's where it's at, in my opinion, man. Chuck, does, Chuck does it up right. But hey, yeah. before we segment into our our last uh, discussion, I just want to give a shout out to uh, some friends of the House of the Unusual, real quick here to plug their their sites. Uh, we're going to start off with our buddy Todd Machen and his Sea Monkey site. So if you can, head over to c-monkeys.com. He has tons of different sea monkey things up there. He has aquariums, T-shirts, cards, um, anything that you need for the, the the sea monkeys to get started. So if you've never done them before, he has stuff to get started. And if you already have you know, a sea monkey aquarium up, there's some special add-ons like a light and a projector screen. So that's c-monkeys.com. Also, our buddy Dave Haversat has an awesome site for, uh, for magic books, uh, a lot of history books on magic and everything, and that's at 1878press.com, and that's spelled out 1878press.com. Uh, so go ahead and check out his shop there. You, there's magic books there for everybody. Uh, also, Stupid Comics Magazine. This has quickly become one of our favorite magazines here at House of the Unusual a mixture of the crack the far side and mad magazine man all rolled into one and it is absolutely hilarious they have issue number four out there's actually five issues out they started with zero issue number four just came out and he put a great full page ad for house of the unusual in there towards the end so go ahead and check that out and that's stupid spelled s-t-o-o-p-i-d and that's at stupidcomicsmagazine.com also, MyMovieMonsters.com for Scary Monsters Magazine. Issue number 123 is up for pre-order now, and it's the Harrowing Haunted Halloween issue. Um, I believe the article I have in that one is on uh, Poltergeist. There's other articles in there on The Innocence, The Haunting, Amityville Horror, and more. And also with this one, for this the dark cover so when it's first charged up in the sun or under some bright lights and then brought into a dark room with lights off hidden ghostly images will be revealed on the glow in the dark cover art so issue number 123 is up for pre-order should be shipping sometime in late september so go ahead and check that out and those are friends of the the house of the unusual so if you have a small business or you know you're something in with magic or collecting or you know scary movies you know give us a ring at house of the unusual.com and let us know and we'll check it out and maybe you know we'll we'll put you on the show and also real quick man every week we do a crypt of classics uh quick segment on a new movie well not a new movie but an old a nice classic horror or sci-fi movie. So if you're looking for something to watch, don't worry, I got you covered. And these are easy to find movies. They're usually on YouTube or streaming service, or you probably have them in your DVD collection. So this week we have Son of Einstein. I know everybody's probably seen this movie. And if you if you haven't seen it, hey, th- this is the perfect time to watch you know these, these scary movies especially son of frankenstein you know the weather's starting to change leaves are falling you know today first day of uh of fall so this is perfect timing so son of frankenstein is an american horror film released by universal pictures on january 13th 
1939 and stars Boris Karloff, Basil Rathbone, Bella Legowski, Lionel Atwell, and Josephine Hutchison. It has a runtime of 99 minutes and had a budget of 420000 Roland Lee was the director and producer while Willis Cooper supplied the screenplay. And you might remember Willis Cooper as a man behind the famous old-time radio programs such as Light Out, Lights Out and Quiet Please. So Son of Frankenstein is our movie for the week. So when you have some time, you know, grab your popcorn, your drink of choice and, you know, pop in Son of Frankenstein. You know, it's a it's a great classic movie. And, you know, I, I think the star of that one is definitely Bela Lugosi. So and if you don't know why, pop in the movie and you'll find out. So and that's going to segment into our our last last uh, discussion here real quick. And I'm going to do a little little round table here real quick because we are coming up on the Halloween season. So uh, Mason, I'm going to start with you. What are some of your favorite scary movies to watch during uh, the Halloween season? Oh man. Um, I'll say Candyman is good. I saw they got a new one coming out. Um, and then, you know, I, I would just, I would, I would leave it at that. I know there's a bunch out there, but I, I used to do the Saw movies. They're a little too graphic for me anymore, but um, <laughs> there, there's a lot of good ones. Now, do you get into any of the, the classics, any of the old black and whites at all? Uh, no, I don't go that far back. No? Well, hey, this is perfect. Get into the, Check out Son of Frankenstein, our movie of the week, man. It is, it, it's definitely got that eerie feeling for this time of the year. But yeah, Candyman's definitely a a good movie a lot of those movies from the 80s and 90s some of them are you know i'm not really into the graphic stuff either but you know that's why i kind of like the the older stuff it's more about the the story and the atmosphere more than you know the graphic violence uh so mac what about you you got any special scary movies that you like to watch during the uh the the early fall season halloween time oh mm, nothing in particular that i watch over and over again every year it's just more of a pick a couple as you see them or you get good recommendations but uh i'm not super festive unfortunately (laughs) (laughs) i gotta get more involved (laughs) well hey here's the 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 perfect time man you could check out our movie of the week you know if you don't get it i don't know i'm taking recommendations for sure yeah (laughs) check out some of you know i I recommend everyone out there check out the old you know black and whites man you know some people kind of put them off because they're they're too into this you know gore and special effects and all that man but when you see these movies it's all about story and atmosphere and it it, that just adds to the spookiness of it so chuck what about you what's some of your favorite you know horror movies around this time well, I tell you what, you know, the classic, The Carnival of Souls, that's that, that's one of my favorites. Uh, Night of the Living Dead, of course. And if you're going to jump forward to about 1982, I don't know why I love this movie. It's called Halloween 3, The Season of the Witch. I yeah, with me on that. That's oh, one really? of my you favorite like... Halloween. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know why, but I but I like the whole concept. It's an eccentric old man, Connell Cochran, who's who sold novelties. Eddie, you got to watch this if you don't. Yeah, know. That, that's right up Eddie's alley, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He uh, like he inserts these little chips from Stonehenge into the kids' Halloween costumes, and it kind of like kills them when they're watching TV and stuff. It's just a cool movie, man. It came out by 1982, and that was when I graduated high school, which you guys probably 
maybe were very young kids at that age if, if you weren't even born at that time. I don't know. But that was when I graduated. And that movie stuck with me. I don't know why. I pop it in. I have it on DVD. I pop it in about maybe maybe once or twice a year, and I watch it. And, of course, Dr. Fibes, the first one, the uh, the, uh, the abominable Dr. Fibes is one of my Oh, Absolutely. But you know what? It, everyone always, you know, you could read any article on the Halloween movies and everything, and everyone touts that one as, as the worst one. And <laughs> I, I love that. But Halloween 3, and I'm putting it out there right now. That is my favorite Halloween movie. Yeah. I probably Watch watched it. that more than any yeah. other ones, you know, maybe on par with the original. I've probably seen them about the same amount of, of times, mm-hmm. but you know, if if I was to do a hard count, probably number 3 the most. It, it's just it's oh, creepy, yeah. man. You it, know, putting on those those masks and then the kids watch that that oh, long man. and they start melting. Yep. If any of the listeners out there never watched this movie, Halloween 3 Season of the Witch, it's fantastic. Look it yeah. up. Man. Definitely. So, Eddie, what about you? What's some of your your Halloween well, movies you'd like to get into? The first thing I want to do is bring a shout out to Jim and Charlie. They're listening, and uh, Jim told me Mason to say hi on his behalf. He says it was a great time. We had that time when we went out to lunch. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. He says he's looking forward to it in the future again. And uh, other than that, I was gonna say I'm kind of like Mac when it comes. To- really don't watch too many horror flicks when i do watch is is usually the 1950s one even though i'm a monster guy and that's what i do for a living sell monsters right (laughs) um and but my favorite film and and this is kind of funny and we talked about it in the last show and joe recommended for people to see the old dark house in 1932 I, I actually watched it. Now, here's what's good about old 1940s film. And there's one also that's called The the Creature That Conquered the World. They're phenomenal. The thing I love about them first, the women in some of those are really like super feminine, really nice looking, the way they dress. The guys also like really bachelor type, whatever. But I think that those old films especially when it's showing rain and, and like haunted houses, it's kind of cozy to watch. So yeah. I was watching it and I was really fascinated because I've never watched that old house before. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, the old dark house. The old dark house. And, um, Boris Karloff, if you guys don't know, Boris Karloff is the original Frankenstein and Bella Lugosi is the original Dracula. So they still maintain as people look at them as the only true Dracula and Frankenstein. Well, Boris Karloff starts in that film. He's the butler in the film. And I would say that The House on Haunted Hill and stuff is my other favorite to watch during Halloween and stuff because that's Vincent Price. And one of the things I'm, I'm also going to say is I think in our future show in the next couple of weeks, we're going to have uh, Carol Monroe on the show. And she's the one that acted as the wife in uh, the Vincent Price, Dr. Fibes. Oh, that would be great. Victoria, the wife, Victoria. Yeah, Victoria. Yeah, and and those are phenomenal. So, Mac, you know, if you or or Mason never actually looked at any of those old films, you should throw one in the Netflix or whatever and just try to – I mean, I think you'll find them on YouTube more than Netflix because they're so old. But if you were to watch it, it it actually – it's in high definition – the 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 dark old house whatever or um, old dark house the old dark house but i gotta tell you though i actually enjoyed the film it was pretty cool i tell you what and if there's there's people out there listening that you know 
are unsure, you know, or really want to get into some, you know, old black and white horror or sci-fi movies and, you know, can't figure out what to watch on, you know, whatever streaming service that they have, there's a free site. It's called the monster channel. And I try to plug them every chance I get on, on here because it, it's, it's phenomenal. I've been with them. They started off as creepy castle many years ago, and then they, uh, transition into the monster channel and then it went to uh eerie late night and then now they do is it's free streaming 24 7 and they play horror sci-fi they play the old serials every now and then they'll throw in a late 70s early 80s kung fu flick um, sometimes a noir movie but mostly horror and sci-fi the old black and whites from anything from the silent age to, you know, around the, the mid to late seventies. So it's a, it's a free site, the monster channel. They're always streaming stuff on there and it, it it's fantastic. You know, I usually, when I get off work, I, I throw it on and, you know, I end up falling asleep to it after, you know, an hour or two and have it in the background, but it's a, it's a great site. Well, one thing I'm going to say, Joe, is uh, that I'm also working up in the pike and Mason and Mac. If you were to come to house of the unusual, I'm actually going to plug in a player there to film and stream films. Uh, we'll have different films every week. So instead of, say, people going out of the channel, they can come to the House of the Unusual and they'll be able to find it. Right now, we do have a forum there where people interact. With, uh, they talk about monster film collectibles, uh, you know, different things, sci-fi films, flying zoos or UFOs, whatever the topic. We have Robot monster film. plans. What was that? What? Uh, Take a drink. <laughs> the monster plants. Who who brought that up? Was that you, Joe? Yeah, yeah it was, it was Joe. Oh. Matt, Mac, and Mason. We we have this. It's a running joke here. Of anytime Eddie mentions the robot monster plans, people out there listening have to take a drink, a shot, <laughs> a chug a beer, do something. <laughs> it's a it's a set of plans I've been looking for since I was a kid, and it's the only collectible I don't have. And Mac, you are. I think Mason has a copy. Mason, if I, there was a book in, uh, that came out in 2011 in Comic Con called "The Mail Order Mysteries" by Kirk Demaris, and it's a biography of the collectible things. So, like what you got in comic books now, anybody who picks up a comic book from the 1970s will find pages and pages with novelties. You can order your own Venus flytrap, X-ray glasses. Well, I was that kid that always bought and kept the originals. <laughs> that book is a biography completely of my collection. And there's also Ray Castillas. He owns the mask part, you know, all the the early mask. That's the only part of the book that's kind of not mine. Everything else in there is mine. They're all my originals. Um, the book sold a million and a half copies. And it got, I believe right now, if you go on Amazon, they do they still sell like 50, 60, sometimes $100 a copy because it's no longer being printed as of last year. But the book itself, you will see it has 385 stars. And the best thing about it, it also came out in the in the time in the Wall Street Journal bestseller in 2011. And under the New York Post, I think the title was uh, Hypnotic Control was the title of the thing. I'm not too sure. You hey, Eddie I, Eddie, I hate to cut you off right now, but we're down to less than a minute. So I'm going to wrap things up here. Um Guys, thanks for joining us, Mac, Mason, Chuck. Uh, really grateful that you guys are on tonight and uh, and sharing your, your stories and a little bit about yourselves and some of your interests and all that. Hope to have you guys on again, and there's always some great conversations to be had. 
Uh, so, gentlemen, thank you guys for joining us. Everybody out there in podcast land, thank you guys for tuning in. Don't forget to uh, to subscribe on your your whatever platform you're listening to us. Give us a nice five-star review. Uh, if you're enjoying us, head over to houseoftheunusual.com. We have a free forum site there that you could join. Also, don't forget on YouTube, House of the Unusual. Subscribe to our channel. Check out the videos. Give them that, that great thumbs up and keep coming back for more. We're here every week. So thanks, guys, for joining us, and good night, everyone. Thank okay, you, guys. Night. God bless, everybody. God bless. Take care.